What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of the On the Fin Side podcast with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and finfanatic.com. This is our first opponent preview here of the season, which means that we are getting closer and closer. And uh, Derek Havens here from um, the fourth and two podcast has been gracious enough to join us here. Uh, And you can follow him on Twitter, Patriots Haven. That's Patriots H-A-V-E-N on Twitter. Derek, thanks for joining us again. Hey guys, good to talk to you as always. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So uh, let's let's take right into it here. Uh, you know the the Patriots go ten and seven last year. They make the playoffs with first year quarterback Mac Jones. And earlier this summer, you know, after the you know Josh McDaniels leaves to be the head coach of the Raiders, there's a lot of talk here early in August that the Patriots are just having these terrible practices with Matt Patricia and with Joe Judge. But it, it sounds like they've smoothed a lot of that out here, at least according to reports that have come along recently. Uh, what insight can you lend on that? And, and, and what, did, what do you think of the whole month of August here? Well, let's go back to like how you started off. And that was, you know, kind of how the season ended last year. You know, the Patriots finished. They started this year, their, their first six games, two and four. Then, <laughs> then they win six games in a row. They end two and four, including that absolute just – demolishing from the the bills handed to to them to end that year which just left up you know it was a positive year with a rookie quarterback to make a playoff game but just left a real sour taste in your mouth obviously then we all know I mean you the Dolphins are in a similar situation with Tua only a year at advance you know how important it is for that second and third year for for young quarterbacks in the NFL and Josh McDaniels is one of the more talented coordinators on either side of the ball in the game. And to have him go was definitely, definitely a uh, step back for the team, but something that could be, you know, was expected at the same time. Uh, Bill brings in Matt Patricia and Joe judge. Certainly a lot of people disagree with the move. I, I, I certainly do. Uh, I do have questions about, I think that I can understand that 
even though they weren't successful head coaches that you can still be good in, you know, roles. That's, I mean, that's fair to say, but I just really am wondering how it's going to work out. Uh, and yeah, the, the practices were not good in training camp. Uh, I was there for a couple of different sessions so I could personally see it. Um, and plus what we've all read from national and local people, there was a lot of dysfunction. And I think some of it was just dumbing down the offense, which I think needed to happen. Uh, and I think some of it, was trying to install some RPOs, which I think I would say most offenses in the NFL are starting to get more comfortable with doing that because so many college offenses run that way and so many quarterbacks coming from college run that way. Uh, So I think it's gotten better as far as the how clunky it was, to your point. But I honestly do do not know what to expect. I have a feeling this Patriots offense is going to take four, five, six games before it starts looking a little bit better. But I don't feel great <laughs> about where they are as an offense right now because I just don't know exactly what they're trying to do. It's it's on. Sure. I, I can't remember a year where I've been so unsure about what the team's going to look like in this season. And the reason I bring that up is because just from an outsider's perspective, you look at the depth chart and you see basically – nothing's changed other than them flip-flopping offensive tackles, Trent Brown and mm-hmm. uh, um, um, Isaiah. Isaiah Wynn. Wynn. Yeah. yeah. And then they, you know, they trade Shaq Mason for a bag of candy and, yep. and uh, Devonte Parker, they, they add, but overall not a, not a huge overhaul. So when you hear these reports, you start thinking, well, that's kind of strange. I know that they've changed coordinators, but you don't expect that big of an overturn, but that that's great insight there, Derek. Uh, and, Taking a look at at what Mac Jones is surrounding himself with, obviously Damian Harris had a really good season last year, kind of his, you know, not a 1,500-yard year, but a really good season. Mm-hmm. And Ramondre Stevenson, a guy that Paul was really high on in the pre-draft process yeah. uh, before last year, promising rookie year. From the reports I've seen, it looks like Stevenson is going to get a few more touches here this year. How do you see that being divided up? Do you see it being a 50-50 type job? Um, I probably would, I would be surprised if Damian Harris didn't have a couple more touches than Stevenson, but it depends because the third down back role has been so prominent in the Patriots offense in years past. They brought in Ty Montgomery, who's kind of been just a guy uh, that's kind of been a journeyman around the league, but he does have some good hands, can play receiver, can play running back, special teams. I'm kind of interested in to see what he can do if he's going to be in the mix in the offense at all. It seems like he's going to be, but I don't know if he's going to be getting the full, uh, I guess, complement of third down opportunities. I think Stevenson could be getting a good share of those. So for people who are listening for fantasy purposes, I think Stevenson could potentially, you know, be the higher fantasy value and especially in point per reception leagues. But uh, I think Stevens uh, Harris is a really good running back. I don't think he'll be with the Patriots beyond this year, just because I think someone else will pay him. But I think Stevenson is a good player. Uh, and I think he's better than Damian Harris as a runner, as a catcher. I think he's more talented, uh, but I think both of them combined are a significant one, two punch. Uh, so I think you'll probably be close to 55, 45 or 60, 40. Uh, but I think Stevenson will have a, a big year this year. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him. He had a really nice rookie season. And at wide receiver, obviously, the Patriots trade with the Dolphins for Devontae Parker. They trade, uh, they get Parker in a fifth rounder for the Dolphins' third rounder, which was then taken from them because of the Steve Ross fiasco. Well, actually, that pick wasn't, but they 
they lost a third rounder in 2024. This one's in 2023. But anyway, you know, the Patriots have some veteran receivers there, you know, Jacoby Myers uh, and Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Where is Devontae Parker sitting uh, on that wide receiver depth chart right now? And how much can we expect to see him on Sunday? Well, I was a big fan of the Devontae Parker trade, especially because it was pretty little compensation. I can understand why the Dolphins want to move, wanted to move on. But, you know, the Parker isn't the player he maybe was a couple of years ago, but certainly from uh, from the Patriots standpoint, he's he's torched them a few times. And I think that was basically recouping what they lost from Nikhil Harry, who never developed into what they hoped. He, an outside boundary receiver who could be a red zone threat, contested catch guy. I think Devonte will be uh, right in the mix. Um, I, I I like the Patriots receiving group. I just don't love it. I mean, like it's not. It, you look around the league, and it's just there's never been more exciting, a talented receivers in the NFL. Like you just don't. You have we have we've never seen the wave of talent like you see. I mean, Miami has two absolute just just stars with elite athleticism. I think the Patriots have good players. Um, but that they don't have that like extra talent level that's going to necessarily make anyone you know lose sleep the night before a game uh, from a defensive coordinator's perspective. Uh, but Parker, I think will will have a good season. I, I think he'll be in the mix. Um, I think Aguilar will be better in his second year. I really like what Kendrick Bourne what Kendrick Bourne did last year. And Jacoby Myers isn't flashy, but he led the team in receptions last year, 83 catches. But it's simple and it sounds stupid to say, but he's just really good at getting open and catching the ball. He just kind of where he needs to be very reliable. Uh, and I, I mean, again, I think they have a good mix, good mix of tight ends, good mix of backs. Offensive line is what I'm most concerned about for the offense, to be honest. Um, not because of talent, because of scheme and coaching, but I am uh, confident in the, in, the, in, the, in the skill position group to be at least decent. Yeah, and wide receivers, I, I look at their depth chart and I see a lot of, good twos and threes yep. and you might, you might have four of them. You might have four good twos and threes Yep. with Myers and Parker and, and Bourne and Aguilar. I mean, and they do, they, they're good route runners or at least a handful of them are and they get open and yep. Myers had what over 83 catches last year, I think. Yeah. He had a lot. Um, and he's in a contract year. I'll be curious what his position is on this team next year. Cause I could see someone paying him good money because receivers are getting good money now, even though he's not extremely dynamic. Uh, but I would like to keep him around, but he's never really going to be like someone who really scares the defense, like I said, but he's a really good quality NFL player. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention rookie receiver Tyquan Thornton from Baylor uh, in a very impressive camp. He's really small. Uh, he's really, really, I should say, when I say small, he's really slight framed uh, and he was hurt in the preseason. He'll, he should be back after a couple of games, but ran 4-2-8-40 and he showed it in the preseason and training camp. I mean, he gets the best separation on the team by far. Uh, and I think if he can, we'll see how he performs in the rookie year and hopefully the durability thing isn't an issue, but he will be very, very interesting to watch this year and, and going forward. If he can put it all together, he, he flashed a lot. Yeah. And that their first two draft picks this year, I don't have to tell you were pretty big surprises. Yes. Um, Cole strange and Tyquan <laughs> Thornton. Who would yes. have, I mean, it doesn't mean anything other than where they were taken because, uh, you know, Thornton was taken over George Pickens, I believe. And a yeah. So the Patriots traded up from 55, I want to say, or 56 to 50 because right in that stretch there you had, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. It was, no, go for it. 
it was the Patriots jumped ahead of Pickens. And then I, some combination of Sky Moore to the Chiefs and Alec Pierce, the Cincinnati receiver, to the Colts. So, you know, I, I think most people had Thornton in like probably like the fifth or sixth round. Most people had Cole Strange, depending on who you ask. I thought the consensus was like around third round. Of course, after the draft, you hear reports that people were more interested than let on. Whatever. We'll see. It doesn't matter. The point is, it doesn't matter if they can't, if they can play. If they can't play, then it's a bigger deal. You know, the Patriots have had a hard, a hard, hard time taking or rece- taking receivers. So you're going to have a, some direct comparison with Tyquan Thornton specifically to see Cole Strange. I actually really liked Cole Strange. Didn't love the pick in the first round. I'm just not a big fan of taking interior linemen that high. But I, I really, really interesting to go back and watch, go back and watch and see how that plays out. You know, a couple of comparisons with the Strange pick and the Tyquan Thornton pick going back. 15 years ago, I remember when they drafted Logan Mankins at mm. the end of the first round in 2005. Mankins, it's revisionist history now, but he was not projected to go anywhere close to there in 2005. Nope. And wide receiver, and I'm not comparing Tyquan Thornton to these three guys, but it seems like Belichick has drafted those just plain fast receivers in the second round in his career, like Bethel Johnson and Chad mm-hmm. Jackson and those types of guys. But Thornton, right out of the gate look better than what any of those three receivers ever or really ever brought to the Patriots table. So that is a big loss because other than him, you know, I I'm struggling to find really somebody who challenges defenses vertically and catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. For the Patriots at receiver. I would like to see a situation where Tyquan Thornton and Aguilar are both pressing vertical. Um, cause I think that they both can do that. I think you could see some slot fades and things like that. I, Mac Jones, Mac Jones can throw a nice, accurate deep ball. The, the, the questions I have with Mac Jones go to velocity more than anything, but I do think that they can press vertical. And I think they will do that a little bit more this year. I, I think last year, the training wheels were on almost to a fault. I thought I, I, I understood why they did it for the majority of the year, but I thought towards the end of the year, they really needed to let him open it up a little bit more. Uh, and, you know, I, I could see, I can understand why they want to do some kind of like wide zone runs or some, some running plays like the Mike McDaniel offense will install for Miami uh, and like Kyle Shanahan. I can understand why they want to do that because it helps with stressing defenses. It also was something that Mac ran at Alabama and Getting more play action passes is important. Mac Jones at Alabama his senior year was 23 touchdowns, zero interceptions off play action passes. Uh, Man. So I, I want to see him. I think he can be a little bit more threatening than he looked last year. My biggest question with him is, can he improve the velocity of his throws? Uh, that is to me, my only real question with him. There's a lot of things I like about him, but I do have, He's never going to have like the Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes arm, but he has a good enough arm, but it needs to get the ball just needs to get there a little bit quicker. He's been working with Tom house. He, uh, the quarterback coach, 
I think he's done a good job kind of being in the weight room and it might take two years or so, but as we, as you and I talked to yesterday on my podcast, um, you have such a, like a quick window to decide on the quarterbacks for NFL teams. And you guys are in that situation with Tua. It's like three years. Are you going to extend them? Are you going to pick up the, are you going to pick up the fifth year contract? You know, are you going to go back into the draft? It's like, and now it's with the money being what it is. I mean, you're not just, you're handing a guy a quarter of a billion dollars after three years. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot of pressure. It's kind of a make or break year, in my opinion, for Tua, who I think has some similar questions to Mac. But I, I do like Tua, but, and I think that he's in a great, great, great position. But it's, it is interesting, even though I think the Patriots and Dolphins are in slightly different spots. Um, with the Dolphins, I think, having a better 1-53, to I do think from a quarterback standpoint, they are in similar situations. Because even though Tua is a year ahead, because of the injuries, they've played a close to amount of games. And I think it's a really big year for Tua to kind of show what he can do. Or maybe the Dolphins right. look into the draft next year. Well, yeah, and I was going to say everything you've said over the last couple of minutes with Mac Jones, you know, we don't have to get into who's better or going to be better. We could, yeah. we could talk in circles about that for, for hours. Sure. But um, everything you, you could substitute to his name for Mac Jones's name, and it would replicate everything you've said over the last Their numbers are very similar. Yeah, I mean, and Mac Jones was a rookie last year, and mm-hmm. Tua was a you know, second-year player. But – Another thing, too, just going back to what you said and something we touched upon on your podcast yesterday when I was on on the fourth and two uh, Patriots podcast there is I would maybe say it's not a make or break year for Mac Jones or Tua if they were in the NFC in the AFC here. I mean, you take a look at these quarterbacks here. I mean, you've got Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Deshaun Watson when he comes back, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. I mean, you get down to Tua and Mac Jones. And if they don't take that next step up, we could be talking about the ninth, 10th, 11th best quarterback in the AFC. If Mm -hmm. they don't take that next step up, it's not because they're bad quarterbacks, but because just everybody else in the AFC is so good. Yeah. And my, my thing I've been kind of focusing on lately is all right in your conference one to 16. I, in my opinion, if you have closer to the one, as far as a ranking quarterback goes, I think the higher you are to one, the more what I call roster forgiveness you have, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if you are one and you have whatever, Josh Allen, whoever you want to rank as the number one quarterback in the league or in the conference, you know, you can have more holes that he can kind of cover up for versus where if you're the 16th ranked quarterback, your roster needs to be that much better. And that's where I feel like my biggest questions are for Mac and for Tua. Like, again, they're still young, so we'll see how they develop. But I just I have a hard time ever putting Mac in my mind ever going to be a top eight quarterback because I just don't think he's that physically talented versus some of the other guys in the, in the conference or the league right now. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, it is early. We'll see what happens. But I do have some questions about that. I do think you can get again. I do think they can get better. Both quarterbacks. Again, they're in slightly different spots, but both. But they are very comparable to your point. I'm just curious to see how they grow. Um I really don't like the changes that have been around Mac this season, but I, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of how that goes. But for Tua, having the, the, the tight end weapons, the receiver weapons, the, I think, improved offensive line, we'll see how much it's improved, but a, a favorable running game after a running game that really struggled. you know. And, and I really liked Brian Flores a lot, but 
I also think that Mike McDaniel could be really beneficial to Tua. And you don't, I feel like I don't hear this a lot where people are talking about how good Josh McDaniels was for, for Mac. I mean, I don't know if Mike McDaniel can, can lead the room and can be a head coach, but he's been in a lot of successful offenses, has been a part of that success. And could, could him being there really influence Tua in a positive way? I, th- I think that shouldn't be overlooked at all because. Well, that, yeah. Yeah. Go, that, go that's ahead. really, that's really the plan is, uh, is Brian Flores was a defensive coach. He was a disciplinarian mm-hmm. and that he and Tua didn't obviously jive well. You didn't see the confidence from Tua, and he's somebody who has to rely and live on confidence. And Mike McDaniels, with just as with McDaniel and his personality, I mean, everything is about confidence. And what encourages me and a lot of Dolphins fans on McDaniel is that in his previous stop, you have players like Kyle Juszczyk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle who are going out of their way unprovoked, gushing about this guy. Um, mm. which is encouraging, but personality wise. Yeah. He's, he's not Brian Flores. There's no yeah. doubt about that. And that's and, okay. You can, I'm not saying you have to have one or the other. I was just kind of pointing out the offensive mindness versus the defensive mindness. Right. And, you know, like you said, Flores, the disciplinarian, it's like, it's like, he's kind of like a hard head, badass kind of dude. And that might not jive well with Tua, certainly with uh, the GM. I'm sorry for Miami. I'm blanking. Greer. And like, there was the rumors of that kind of headbutting, you know, when that, and that might happen when you have that kind of like that kind of mentality, Mike McDaniel seems a little bit more laid back, a little more easygoing, certainly has a good sense of humor. Um, really, really talented has been in a lot of different same system, but been in a lot of different roles. Uh, and like you said, I certainly heard the, the praise of him. I mean, he was coordinating the run game for 49ers last year and they just made the Patriots look dumb. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 if I'm a Miami fan, I would be certainly excited about what he brings to the table. Like I said to you yesterday, the only thing I would say about him, and this is a, this is a slight thing. You know, I mean, who knows how it goes. If it went bad for Miami, I'd be curious to see how his personality would be received. If that, it goes good, then I don't think it matters. It's all, everything's hunky dory. If it goes bad, that'll be, you know, like for instance, on the yes, flip side, it, yeah. on the flip side, for the, I know what you mean. <laughs> for the Patriots, it'll, you know, the last few years, Bill, Bill's not answering, <laughs> Bill's not answering questions. People are getting a little bit more annoyed than they were going when they were going 12 and four, you know, now they haven't won a game and uh, uh, they, they've been in a 500 ball club the last three years. Now people get a little bit more annoyed. So it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting I, to see how that's received. I, I could see that. Yeah. And I want to go back to the Patriots offensive line here. Cause I, I've got a lot of questions about that. You know, you've got the Cole strange there. At le- settling in at left guard. You've got David Andrews, who the Dolphins were looking at last year. He's been there for several years, solid player. Um, what was the thought behind trading Shaq Mason for basically nothing? And what is what was the thought between flip-flopping Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn? Okay, uh, for Shaq Mason to be traded for a fifth round pick, I was uh, I'm still I still don't love the move. It seems like it was just a more of a salary dump. I mean, they have Mike on when you who's been a really good draft pick for them uh, entering his third year for Michigan in the sixth round um, at right guard. And yeah, he's a big, big body uh, and he's done pretty good moving around. Um, I don't know what it was, anything more than a salary dump, honestly. Uh, And then for the tackles, I've gone back and forth about this a couple of times. I think that Isaiah Wynn has been certainly underwhelming as a first round draft pick. He's, he's a starting tackle in the league, but he's, middle of the road and he misses way too many games. Trent Brown is good when he's engaged, but 
he's just a hard person to kind of keep on the tracks, so to speak. And he's missed some time with injuries too. So I think the thought was that they could see Brown being here more long-term than when, and they thought they, they might think they have an in-house candidate in Mike and Wendy to go from right guard to right tackle at some point. But I, I, it could be a depth question. Honestly, Brian, that's like, <laughs> that's one of those things. I have no idea. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, let's uh, look at the, when the dolphins are on offense and the one matchup that really worries me is Austin Jackson going up presumably against uh, Matt Judon. Mm. And, you know, that's w- when you take a look at the dolphins strengths and weaknesses and Hey, adding Tyree kill to pair with Jalen Waddle, uh, amazing moves. It's got the whole, Dolphins fan base excited getting the running backs, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, the speed they bring. Very exciting. Tron Armstead at left tackle. Very exciting. But you look at Austin Jackson there at right tackle with how poorly he's played. And now he's going up against Matt Judon here in week one. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be something that the Patriots try to take advantage of. I could see Judon having a really, really big year. He had a, a terrific year last year, kind of lost steam down the stretch, like most, like most of the players did for the Patriots, but he played more, a higher percentage of snaps than he's had in his entire career last year. So it kind of makes sense, but uh, I could see them overloading Austin Jackson on that side. I, I think they could be getting some pressure up the middle a lot too, like really trying to force that they've spent a large majority of the off season getting faster. And it was evident in that bills playoff game. They looked slow. They looked glacial. Um, this whole linebacker core is very new. It, this is going to be a Jekyll and Hyde defense for the Patriots where you have some good flash moments and some really ugly ones. I think first the dolphins, I I'm curious to see how aggressive they get, you know, in the two games they played against the dolphins last year, they only blitzed the total of eight times combined Wow, um, three and five. So I, I am just wondering, and see, in my mind, the second the, the Patriots safety group is good. The cornerbacks is really inexperienced and kind of a little shaky. So you'd think, okay, well, maybe you turn up the pressure a little bit more in the front seven to kind of give them less time to cover. But Tua gets the ball out of his hand so quick, I feel like they almost have felt like in the last couple of years they don't want to blitz him because they would rather just flood zones on the back end. So I think that chess match will be really good. And I'm sure Mike McDaniel will have something schemed up well for Bill, but Bill was also 5-0 and versus first-time head coaches last year. So, I mean, I, it's going to be an interesting kind of chess match between the two of them. Um, I could see some packages where they do blitz a little bit more heavy. I think someone to pay attention to is second year player for the Patriots, Christian Barmore, really, really talented player. Um, I could see him. If he can get some push in the middle, I think that will affect Tua a little bit more. I know Judon will try to get his, uh, but Tua does get the ball out of his hand so quick. It's going to be to me how Mike McDaniel calls it that will probably dictate how the Patriots defense reacts. Yeah. And Barmore for our listeners, he's, he really took over as the main dog at, at Alabama at defensive mm. tackle after Raekwon Davis left different type of player, though, more brings a lot more to the table as a pass rusher. I'd compare him a lot to uh, Jordan Phillips, former dolphin, except a more talented and probably even a more refined player. So that, yeah, that's Barmore is a type of athlete. If he can get going, that's not somebody you see very often. Uh, coming at, at the quarterback at six five, three ten, three hundred and fifteen pounds. So that's something yeah. else to certainly account for. But I want to get to the defensive backs too there. And because yep. I'm sure that you know a lot of Dolphins fans are gonna look at the depth chart and see Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle 
and look at the Patriots depth chart and see Jalen Mills, who the Dolphins, you know, torched three years ago when he played for the Eagles. And then you've got the three Joneses after that, Jonathan Jones, um, the veteran from Alabama or from uh, Auburn from a few years ago, very speedy cornerback. And then the rookies, uh, <clears throat> Jack Jones and uh, Marcus Jones as the, the third and fourth cornerbacks, I believe. You know, it's easy to look at that from a Dolphins point of view and say that's a huge mismatch. Uh, how do you perceive that? Yeah, I know. I'm really curious because in years past, Bill has put Jonathan Jones on Tyreek Hill and kind of played man and had a true, true safety over the top. John Jones has some great speed. Jalen Mills, kind of a jack of all trade guy. They have a really young secondary, uh, sec- one second year player, Miles Bryant, and two rookies in Mark and Jack Jones. So, Marcus and Jack Jones. So, I. I think they're going to play more zone, which is more atypical of Belichick defenses that he likes to play man more often. They don't have the bodies for it. Um, I think they'll, they're going to use a lot of three safety sets. Uh, I could see them using someone like Kyle Duggar a lot on like Jacecki and, and you know, keeping McCordy back and kind of moving Adrian Phillips around, depending on it. Um, but I'm really interested to see how the young cornerbacks do again, going back to the Jekyll and Hyde thing I mentioned Jack Jones, really aggressive style cornerback, but he flashed really well um, uh, in the preseason. Um, uh, Marcus Jones, very talented slot corner coming out of Houston, um, was probably my favorite draft pick they had um, based on just me, you know, kind of being an armchair GM pre-draft. But he showed up in preseason too. They have the bodies uh, to have some potential. I just don't know how fast it's going to take for them to realize that potential. And you're getting a very strong test in week one um, in Miami. And I, I just, again, I think man would be ideal, but they just don't have those guys. So it's going to be a lot of zone, a lot of probably mixing and massing some, some coverages, probably trying to confuse two or showing some looks pre-snap that they'll change quickly because again, he wants to get the ball out quick. So maybe they'll try to force him into a quick mistake. Now, and I also read something that the Patriots last year in the first six weeks of the season, they played zone only 40 percent of the time. And then the rest of the year after that, it was over 70 percent. Now, do you think what do you attribute that change last year to? Was it because of the, you know, losing Stefan Gilmore for for the year and then trading him to Carolina, less talent, a cornerback or just kind of a overall uh, shift away from that line of thinking? It came after the weeks four and five when the, they had the, the Brady's return to um, Foxborough and then uh, the Cowboys game the following week. And if you, if you remember, the Cow- it was a very high-scoring game in the 30s. Um, I think it was C.D. Lamb who caught a deep crosser from Dak to end the game. That's where Bill Belichick's son, C- Steve Belichick, and former Patriots linebacker, now defensive coach Gerard Mayo, we're running the defense that was after that game where reports were that bill kind of got more involved on that side and kind of took over some things and that's where they shifted and i do think it, they realized that they didn't have the the bodies to play man so they started going more zone and gilmore the contract talks had break, broken down and um they weren't able to figure that out so they shipped him out um to carolina uh, which I, I thought was a, a kind of an expected move. We had talked about that for a while, but I do think that the switching it was kind of a two-pronged thing of not realizing they don't have the corners and also kind of being like, all right, we've lost two high-scoring matchups. 
we gotta we gotta do something different. How can we fix, how can we flip it out? So, absolutely, great insight there. And uh, another thing I want to mention too, as far as Tyreek Hill against, if you look up, if you just do a Google search on Tyreek Hill against Bill Belichick, you're gonna see probably three articles saying. Hill's done great against Belichick and three articles saying the opposite. And I want mm-hmm. to point that out because Tyree Hill has played five games against Bill Belichick in his career. Uh, he went seven for 133, seven for 142, one catch for 42 yards, six for 62, and four for 64. So I can understand yep. why there's that split because if you look at the overall numbers, 443 yards in five games is 89 a game times that times 17, you got 1,500 yard season. But it also needs to be pointed out that the most three recent games, 64 yards, 62 yards, and 42 yards for Tyreek Hill. So the last three contests, no, he, he didn't dominate the Patriots. Yeah, so if you go back to the Cam Newton season, which I, I shudder just to, to think about, um, the Patriots played the Chiefs. And actually, Cam Newton had COVID for that game, ironically enough, bringing him up. And Brian Hoyer wasn't a quarterback. But if you go back to that game and you watch how the Patriots defended Tyreek Hill, they've done that. The last, they've done the same thing the last three times, which is Jonathan Jones on him. And he just make, he has speed to hang, not Tyreek Hill speed, because he'll make you miss in a phone booth. But he's fast. And we'll make sure that he's really taking care of the underneath, where Devin McCourty has stayed right over the top. And they kind of just sandwich him. And they basically said three years ago, I think Bill said, I'm not letting this guy take over the game. Like I just, he just won't let it. So I'm not saying he won't have a big game this Sunday because I respect him as a player too much. And you got to respect his talent level, but I would be, I'll be more surprised if Jalen Waddle doesn't have a better game because I could see a scenario where they're just like, you know what, anybody but him or Cedric Wilson goes off like, cause they don't have like a good third or fourth cornerback who's ready to hang out. Cause I think Cedric Wilson's an underrated player and I liked that signing. Uh, but I, I just, yeah. I, I, to me, I think, I think Bill's going to be like, like you're not going to take, like he, like he'll pick one or two guys on each team. And he's like anybody, but you guys, like he, he doesn't want to, like, he doesn't like the optics of that. So yeah, he's done a good job the last few years. One thing that's been constant with Belichick over the last 20 years Regardless, I mean, heck, 30 years, because he was a D.C. before that. Regardless of, of what style of defense he's playing at the time, because he switches back and forth so often throughout a year, he is always going to try to make you win with your worst players, or mm-hmm. at least not with your best players. Waddle's sure. obviously one of the best, but I agree with you on that. And uh, that's going to be an interesting test, too, if Tyreek Hill is um, focused on in this game, can – how are the other Dolphins weapons going to respond? Are they going to be able to take over that game in the same way? So we'll see about that. And so let's, let's get to our predictions here, uh, Derek. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, uh, I, I'll, I'll stick with the same thing I said on your show yesterday, 23 to 17 Dolphins. I think the Patriots strategy is going to be to come out and kind of lull the Dolphins defense to sleep get out there in that heat and they've been down there for five days, getting accustomed to the heat mm-hmm. at a division two college, try to lull them to sleep a little with, with the running game with Ramonda Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris getting 30 plus carries throughout the game and then working off the play action. And then defensively having that chess match of Tua needing to go 75, 80 yards, four or five times a game to, um, to really put some touchdown drives together 
to beat the Patriots. But overall, I, I see the Dolphins coming out just a little bit ahead at home in the first week. I'm going to st- stick with my 23-17 prediction. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in like that 23-20 Dolphins range right now. I have, I think the Patriots and Dolphins are pretty similar from a competition standpoint. Like I said before, I do think the Dolphins have a better one to 53. Um, but I do think the Patriots, you know, they've been, re- they, they are, people don't realize that they are, I mean, some people don't, they are rebuilding and they have 10 rookies on this team. They're still classified as a quote unquote older team because they have some guys who were over the age of 34, but they have 10 rookies on the team. Half their team is, is three years or less experience. So it's a different team than it was a couple of years ago. Um, I am really fascinated. Like I said, earlier to reiterate Mike McDaniel versus Bill Belichick in the chess match. Bill has predominantly done very well against first time head coaches. This is his 48th year in the league. He's seen a lot of things. Okay. So, I mean, (laughs) McDaniel I'm interested in because he's, you know, kind of like this brainchild and everyone's talking about all this, you know, things that he's did in Fort San Francisco. People have raved about him in Miami. They got a ton of talent. I'm excited to see what that looks like uh, versus the two of them. I think the Patriots, to your point, I could see them definitely establishing the run. I will be surprised if they don't take a deep shot or two early. I think they, I think they are going to try to kind of open things up. Last year, they were so checked down Charlie and so run game oriented that defenses had no stress because they were like, everything's happening within the first 10 yards. I think they want to change that this year. So I'll be surprised if they don't take a shot or two early just to open things up, loosen things up a little bit. Ultimately, I just think there's just a lot of changes going on with the offense right now, and their defense is is pretty young. So I just trust the Dolphins more in this spot specifically. Um, but I do think it could go either way. It wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins won like 31 to 17, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots won like 27-20. Well, I'll tell you, this – I'm not going to ever say a, a week one is a must win type of game, but if you look at the Dolphins next three opponents after that, you've got at Baltimore, uh, the Bills at home and at Cincinnati on Thursday night. Oh, wow. So you've, you've got three games in 17 days that are very, very, uh, you know, the Dolphins need to start off two and two here. And that's they, funny you say that because they're in the very similar spot to the Patriots because they go to, they have, they go to Pittsburgh. Baltimore at home to Green Bay and they get a little bit better in the middle, but the beginning and the end of their schedules are very, is very tough. So this game could have some serious implications for playoff seating or, or playoff bubble, you know, type talk later in the year. You bet. So Derek, thanks for joining us here tonight. I'm sure, I'm sure we're both in agreement. We're uh, rooting for the Rams tonight. They take on the Buffalo <laughs> bills week one of Thursday night and be sure to follow Derek Havens here, Patriots Haven. That's Patriots, H-A-V-E-N. And uh, be sure to uh, check out his podcast as well uh, with Russ and Steve. It's uh, Patriots 4th and 2, or just the 4th and 2. No, it's Patriots 4th and 2. You were right. Patriots 4th and 2. There, uh, I was on their show uh, as a guest just like this here yesterday. Be sure to check them out. They do a great job. Uh, We are on Twitter, Facebook the finfanatic.com website and the fan sided network on the fin side. Be sure to join us as well. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll be sure to join you Sunday night to wrap everything up. Paul and I will be sure to give our grades just like usual. Football is back. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.